0: Welcome to Majority Minority, a podcast about the rising and evolving influence of people of color in Washington, D.C., and what it means for everyone else. I'm Franco Ordonez. I
1: cover the White House for the 30 news outlets that together make up McClatchy. And I'm Bill Douglas, and I cover Congress from McClatchy. Today we have April Ryan of American Urban Radio Network. We wanted to flip the script a little bit and, and bring somebody in who's not a politician or a lawmaker, but someone who covers politicians and lawmakers. And April's been doing that, oh, This is her second decade, and her audience as a correspondent for the American Urban Radio Network are African American listeners. And she's on the lookout for their issues in the White House. And, uh, you know, she's gotten some interesting responses over the years.
0: Probably most prominently was from the infamous press conference where Donald Trump asked her if she could help him get a meeting with the Black Congressional Caucus. Are
2: you want to include the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional... Well, President I would. Caucus? i tell you what. Do you That's want to set up the, the meeting? Do you, you meeting.
0: want to set up the meeting? No, no, no. Are they friends not, of not yours? No, Get oh, I set up the meeting? I know
1: you know, the minority quotient in the White House press corps has risen and fallen and risen and fallen, but she's always been there. Yeah, the really neat thing, April came into our studio. The minute she stepped foot in the door, our phones went off and there was an announcement from the National Association of Black Journalists that she'd been named their Journalist of the Year. So, we come in expecting a nice conversation with, uh, with April Ryan, and all of a sudden, in walks in the NABJ Journalist of the Year oh no, here we go I'm you, say, where know, do you, I you, sit? you know timing is everything your highness we this this you just you in
2: <laughs> what is that for look
1: what at it that? <laughs> <laughs> you, said,
2: you said time is everything your
1: highness <laughs> <laughs> no she walks in i just get a tweet from, uh, from nabj she's journalist of the year for nabj oh, so congratulations so, cool. so you said you've been running today busy schedule yes
2: i've been doing the twitter we broke the Twitter, I think. You broke the Twitter. How did you break the Twitter? Q&A, Twitter Q&A.
0: What kind of time do you have, by the <laughs> way, April?
2: Um, I need to be out of here by one.
0: Okay, perfect. Okay. So
2: we can go to the briefing. One. Yamish Alcindor, she just said, "Congrats." Dang, it must have really just been released.
1: No, they just like right when right, you walked in the door, <laughs> that, it just got released. Uh, so I, so I just oh,
2: want to... wait, 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 wait. What? NABJ Communications, April, I named 2017 NABJ Journalists of the Year.
0: Did you ever go in NABJ Journalists? Mm-hmm.
1: uh no i never i never was so honored and um
0: i never won anhj journalists yeah, either so, you know i bask but, right. in
1: the glow that is april because oh shut it we, all, we, <laughs> we, we, we all do <laughs>
2: you sit next do. to me when we have issues in the <laughs> well but you know
1: what you know this what? is this is a moment because you know in this room are, are 2.5 white house correspondents i'm the point five because i'm a former and but just, we but wait a minute baby but we did some stuff we made history we nobody did nobody else is able to do that that's true so he look bill will
2: tell you i don't know why we had it at my house but we did <laughs> <laughs> i pulled it he's like we just had it
0: you had what History. We had we had, had no history. We, I yeah. wanted to know about this history because I've heard about it, I've heard about I've heard it. I've heard, about it. I've heard, about it. I've, heard about. I've heard Bill's version. See, start, so at his see, house, it was at dinner, his house. Dinner at. He's not lying. It
2: was at his house. But do you think? that, oh Lord, you think that rocking o- in the chair. No.
1: Do you think that Obama or Bush uh-huh. or oh or Trump <laughs> would come if we invite him to dinner? What? Do you think any other presidents would have come if we if we invited First of all, you have to look at
2: the dynamic. They are gone, they don't want any bother with us anymore unless they have an agenda that they want to put on the table. You have to remember that. Two, now if this president, I think this president, I've heard rumblings that this president wants to do something um, significant and he's really reaching out to people because I heard something, which I take for fact, at the conservative, reporters meeting that um, there was an african-american conservative reporter there and she said something about something i I forgot what it was but they said he said he did what he did to me essentially can you pull it together can you she was like yes i was like what
0: (laughs) can we like team up with the hispanic journalists and and have it at your house
2: let Well, but see, the problem, the reason why we didn't have it in my house and Bill's house, Bill has a wonderful house for entertaining. Yeah. The problem is with my home, taxpayers would have to pay the price— to helo him over there Baltimore, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was the problem
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: outside of baltimore so he has a great entertaining house we we're like why not bill's house he was like okay <laughs> he, he welcomed it secret service was in there all day couple days they had come oh a couple my times oh my god oh yeah. god and um, that was uh,
0: yeah it was like i don't think my a, house is big enough but i'll do it it was a multi-stage <laughs> are there. you a
2: brother
1: <laughs> I, I'm, a hisp- I'm a hispanic brother we had My a multi deal where uh, it was like day one, the uh, Secret Service came by, wanted blueprints of the house. Day two, like the FBI came by, you know. The asked FBI? About the you didn't tell me that. Oh yeah, one. The FBI came by after. Um, <laughs> do you remember Hector? Remember the, the lead yes, agent? Yes. Yeah, he was. you know He was very nice. He was great. I mean, yeah. it was funny because we, the, the big question was, do. Do people test the food that people serve presidents? And we don't know, but, <laughs> right, right, found out yes, no, but right, right before Clinton showed up, you know, Hector walked out, and he went to my wife, and he said, "You know, skinless fried chicken. What's up with that? It was good." But my aunt cooked a lot of the food. My what pearl. she cook? Your aunt she fried the chicken. No Korean fried chicken. Your aunt Pearl made the chitlins. No, yes. no, no. Aunt no, no. Pearl helped make that chicken. We must had two chickens because we had the skinless fried chicken. Aunt Pearl
2: made the garlic fried chicken. Ah,
1: okay, okay. See,
2: see? look at his version of and you, history. And you
1: are, you are, you
0: are, you are, you're questioning me for questioning him. Now you're on my side. <laughs> yeah, his version of history is a little altered.
2: But no. Oh, no, 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 no fake news. <laughs> no, not here, not here. We're just playing. No, no, no. But um, my aunt made the chitlins, the garlic fried chicken, and some of the other fare. I think the black-eyed peas as well. Right. And um, Kareem was there. I mean, they were so, they were so gracious, the, the Douglases, and I just, I, I really, for the record, and we've not, I mean, we talked about a cursory uh, before, but for the record, we made history as journalists meeting with the president. That was a historic night, and that is in his library. And it would not have happened the way it happened if you and your family were not so gracious and to open the doors of your home. Not only open the doors, but to let the Secret Service run in and out. Your neighbors were like, what's going on? What's <laughs> going on around there? They didn't know, but then I remember remember Mike Frisbee, who used to be at the Washington, I mean, Wall Street Journal, he said, guess who's coming to dinner? You know, when the Secret <laughs> Service was outside, you know, doing their little thing, going in the house,
1: making sure everything was straight. It was crazy. Yeah, quick story about how the dinner happened was that before we had that dinner, we had uh, what McCurry. we called it. Uh, we had Mike McCurry, Clinton's old press secretary, over for, for dinner and drinks. We called it Soul Food Night with Mike. It was sort of longish and, you know, libations were flowing of various <laughs> of various kinds. My wife is very good with a martini. And, Did the president drink? Um, I don't remember. No, Bill Clinton doesn't drink. Um, uh, I think that, I that that's a legacy of... His uh, stepfather, I believe, was an alcoholic.
2: Now, you were on one side of him and I was on the other. Correct. You in for, yeah, yeah. This, like, make pretend this is Bill Clinton. I was to his, and, and I'm facing a wall. Mm. I was to his
1: right and Bill was to his left. All of us are sitting around the table upstairs and then about 150 law enforcement in my basement. Uh, now, <laughs> see, I that's mean, what I did not know. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't know. I did not know that. Well, we didn't know we were expecting 150 law enforcement. So we See, had to we had to had to order sandwiches. The story sandwiches. fills out now. We had to order sandwiches for like all these all these law enforcement guys in the basement, and so we went really 150, uh, maybe about 100, a lot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So we we ordered sandwiches from a deli up from up the street, and then um, Hector Hector, the lead agent, you know, as the sandwiches were coming in. He said, you know, put half inside, put the other half outside, and we said, well, why? And they said, for the counter snipers. He <laughs> we said, "Well, what are those? Those are the snipers in case the other ones miss." Oh, well. So we put the sandwiches outside, and it was like Christmas Eve. You know, an hour later, the sandwiches aren't there. And the we never, Christ- we like never saw anybody Eve. take what them. In the world. We saw no one take the sandwiches, but
0: they were gone. So, well, know, tell me this: why is it why is it so important to have a group of minority journalists sit down with the president?
2: You want to like know that? why? And see, people got so angry. Let me tell you why. You want to know why? Yes. Because there are still so many issues on the table, and this man was, quote unquote, the first black president. We had issues. He was dealing with the race initiative, and he wanted to find out what we thought we worked in close proximity with. We were covering him. In that day, we had more access, I believe, to him as a president than we do now. It just dwindled over time to be basically almost nothing. But we had a lot of access to him, and he respected us. He wanted to hear what we were saying because he wasn't getting a lot of what he thought he should be getting. And he knew that we were going to tell the truth. And um, and just really tell him how we saw it and what we heard on the streets. He wanted to meet with us on a human level as well as a professional level. And it's called something called the OTR. Many of the white journalists at that time in the mainstream news were getting these OTRs with the president. And Many of us who were covering the White House as well on a daily basis with offices there were not getting these OTRs, and we felt it was unfair. So because we were not getting what the others were getting and he wanted to meet with us, we leveraged. So it happened. We didn't think it was going to happen, but it happened, and Mike McCurry was the precursor. And Mike McCurry actually left, and we thought it wasn't going to happen, but it happened. And I give Bill Clinton a lot of credit. But you got to remember, too— when you are covering any principle, be it someone on the Hill, be it someone at the White House, be it local level, be it mayor, be it state lawmakers, you want to know what makes them tick, what they're thinking. And one of the best ways to do it is to have one-on-ones or to have a conversation over dinner, okay, And um, because you, you're more relaxed and you can understand. And I would... If 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 this president would love to do it, I would love to do that, you know. I wanted to do it with President Obama, but we did it in different ways. Um, we had, you know, some meetings, but it wasn't like that. We had, you know, roundtable discussions with him off the record. Um, George W. Bush, I never forget, <laughs> during the tsunami, um, he and uh, former president uh, George H.W. Bush came back, and they were doing work to help... Uh, raise money for the tsunami victims and it was i was i happened to be pulled that day and we were in the oval office and george w bush uh was there and i was walking out and he said something about hey april and president clinton said, april's here and he said remember that dinner that we had <laughs> i said yes mr president i said and and i told president clinton yes mr president and i turned to president bush in front of daddy bush i said mr president we want you to have that dinner you know we want you to have have that kind of dinner and the president said that was a lot of fun that's the reason why i had my heart attack i was like mr president you cannot blame me for that I i said my goodness so um we never had that dinner but i was always included on otr's and daddy bush all the while was standing there laughing you know but these are moments where you want to find out what makes the president tick. Who is he? What does he think? Why is he thinking this? Because he, his decisions, his pen can change and affect lives. And this is, this is real because minority communities in this country, and, and even the poor, but I'll say minority communities, particularly African Americans, have the highest numbers of negatives in almost every category still in 2017 back in the 1990s they still had it so it is critical that all groups of people have a seat at the table but we were fortunate because we're journalists to find out what made them tick i would love to have a conversation with president trump i would love even more to have a soul food dinner with president trump just let him be relaxed and talk it's great but do you think he'd say yes Hmm. i don't know
0: let's invite him on President Trump, you're invited to dinner with us. Deal.
1: Now, something you pointed out, and it it goes back to the dinner bit and and, and what we what we did way way back when, but I think it still matters today that you know we weren't afraid to ask the black question or the minority question. Oh no, we weren't. Um, And and I asked it, I asked about the apology for slavery, remember? remember? You remember what Jesse Jackson said you had. What did he say? He said you had slavery on the brain.
2: But you know what? I may have had slavery on the brain, but every
1: yeah, I do remember we were in
2: Africa when he said that. Yes, we were. We were in Africa when he said we have got such history. That was that was a historic time. I may have slavery on the brain, but every community and every issue has had an apology, but for the worst, one of the worst atrocities in American life, slavery. And then you see this president in the news this week talking about the Civil War and omitting the issue of slavery. So do I have slavery on the brain, but is it a real issue that still has to be dealt with? What is it, Bill? You tell me.
1: Well, I was going to ask you. I was <laughs> No, no, I,
2: no. no I was... I'm asking you now. I'm not going to well, let you off well, the hook. Okay. You're well, going to bring up the slavery on the brain thing. <laughs> Come on now.
1: Well, I, I think in the, in the framework of, of what politicians and presidents do, that in, to appeal to the masses, they don't want to offend. And I think that sometimes in, in that mass appeal... They might gloss over history, um, you know, but I I think there's a difference between glossing over history and ignoring history. And I'm not sure what President Trump did with his Civil War statement. Is that a, a gloss over or is that a just an out, out, outright omission? But it gets to the question of the, the black question, the minority question. Uh, we weren't afraid to ask it. You still aren't afraid to ask it. And I'm you, not. You have no qualms or fears or worries about being quote the black reporter unquote but
2: you know what i am black by nature number 1 okay let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room okay i'm black okay i'm black okay what next are you black yes i'm black <laughs> anyway but, but no but seriously in this town and this is unfortunate we are still looking at things on a racial pyramid dynamic spectrum whatever you want to say The problem is, is that, yeah, I'm an African-American reporter, black reporter, whatever you want to call me. But guess what? I talk about issues of race. How many people in that room deal with it? And the only time they deal with it is when there's a crescendo moment. The Trayvons, the Katrinas, the Freddie Grays. But those stories continue every day. The Flint Michigans, their water was going on that way before Hillary Clinton brought it up. And before, you know, Ben Carson took President Trump there when he was candidate Trump. So, why can't the dynamic of all people be in that room why can't it be all people are covered under the white house am i correct so i I really dislike that but i i have no qualms with if you want to call me a black uh black reporter i'm the i am the black reporter but i am the black reporter that also asks other issues and questions china russia you know syria north korea so if you want to label me black reporter, i take
1: it with a badge of honor
2: so, and I know you're not labeling me, but that's how people perceive me, and that's fine.
1: So if you're not in the room asking those questions, do those questions get asked? Nope.
2: The only time they are asked is when there's a crescendo moment, like I said. And I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You may not think it's fair.
0: Why, why is it fair? Because, why okay. shouldn't it be asked more?
2: Oh, oh, I think it's, no, no, if I'm not in the room, it's not asked unless there is that crescendo mm-hmm. moment. Major news, the Trayvons, the, the Eric Garner's I can't breathe 11 times, died at the hands of New York City police. And still, Gwen Carr, the mother of Eric Garner, is looking for justice now from Jeff Sessions because oh, yeah. there's no accountability. You know, um, you know, also now look at what's going on there. Jeff Sessions. The new U.S. Attorney General is looking at reviewing these distinct decrees. You know, these are issues for everyone. But unfortunately, I'm the one who's asking
1: it. What does it say about our non-minority colleagues?
2: There are issues around the world that they, their news directors want them to ask. Um, and the sad thing yesterday, and I'm thinking about this bill, and this bothers me. You were sitting right next to me yesterday. I was raising my hand. Everybody got questions. He knew what I was going to ask about the Civil War. Nobody asked it because there's so many other issues on the table that were just as prominent. But I put it in his face. He made sure to sidestep me yesterday because that was an that was an ugly
0: omission. You're gonna ask it today? Oh yes. What are you gonna ask?
2: I'm not gonna tell you, but I'm gonna ask. <laughs>
0: this will be this will this won't air till
2: after. I don't care. Okay, yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have. Um, hmm. I, I'm going to ask it. If, I, if he calls on me, I'll ask. You know, I screamed out for Jeff Sessions about, you know, uh, Gwen Carr and, and that other. I mean, uh, uh, Gwen Carr is the mother of Eric Garner. I screamed out the other issue uh, that happened at the time. You know, the race, the, the, the hate killing with the white man that came from my area, Baltimore area, and went to New York and killed the black man. So there are really a lot of issues going on, you know, um, a lot of issues. And I, I, I hope that our colleagues can can cover them a little bit more. But unfortunately, for the past 20 years, it's been moi.
1: But you talked about they're, they're reacting or taking orders from their their editors. Is that a mistake?
2: I can't tell these editors what to do, but, um, but there are other people. I mean, who knows? It may not be or may be their base. I think it's a mistake. I think there needs to be more of an everyman focus. I just think there needs to be more of an everyman focus because there are issues again every day. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me.
0: Maybe it's just me. Is the press corps out of touch?
2: No. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I don't think they're out yeah, of touch. That, that,
0: was the, that was the argument. That was the comment after the, the election. I mean,
2: who, who made the comment? Did I make the comment?
0: I'm not saying you made the comment. Okay. I'm saying, but there was a lot of uh, self looking in the mirror considering the polls and the election. The Let me say this, you have going.
2: got a lot of that base in the Trump camp who thinks I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be asking those questions. But then you have a lot a large portion of America who says you should be there asking questions. So it depends upon who you are, what day it is and how yeah. you're feeling. But I do believe that if you're the president of the United States, everything, and it's not I believe, we know, everything comes to that White House from peace and everything in between. And in between is the substance abuse issues in health care. It's on the plate, on the table right now. In between right now is the issue of Trayvon Martin, the issue of Eric Garner, you know, and, and what to do with him. There's so many issues that are still on the table at a present day.
0: Well, how did you get in the room? How did you get into journalism?
2: I got into the room 20 years ago, and I'm not leaving. I haven't done anything to be kicked out.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just I know. I'm just
2: happy. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm
0: going kicked out. <laughs> so what, what, what got you kicked into the
2: room? <laughs> My big mouth. <laughs> no, what got me kicked into the room is um, I was in Baltimore. Baltimore, really newsy town, so close to Washington. I was covering some stories, some breaking stories at the NAACP. They said, oh, we might have an opening. We would love for you. I, I was freelancing, and, you know, they saw me, and the rest is history.
1: But did you major in journalism at Morgan, though, right? I majored in
2: journalism at Morgan State Broadcast Journalism, and um, Morgan really propelled me, if it were not for Morgan. I started out in radio, and I'm still in radio. I, I used what was accessible to me, but I started out as a DJ. I hate to tell you this, but— Music? Music, spinning music. I can— What kind? jazz and r&b i can tell okay what station? w-e-a-a-f-m straight up on your dial 12 <laughs> o'clock what is it shard is love a crime april ryan some i don't know i used to get tom temp and whatever 64 degrees i April ryan this midday i could throw it at you but i said there was something wrong there i i was missing something yeah. i'm the kid whose parents would always watch Walter Cronkite. Yeah. I'm the kid who would listen to the radio when my mother would take me to church, take me to usher practice or piano. I'm that kid who asked their dad, why are you always sitting there watching the news, Dad? And and this would have scared any other kid but me. He said, you know, I want to see when the world comes to an end. I mean, come on, you don't tell a kid that. But that just ignited my passion. I guess I wanted to find out when the world was coming to an end. (laughs) So I just delved right in. So...
1: So, do you remember your first date in the White House?
2: Yes, I was so intimidated. I was so green.
1: I remember that. I remember that look you had, you had. Your eyes were just like, oh <laughs> my god. I, 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 yes. I, I remember you your first day, but you yeah. you you had a look. Um, it
2: was it was. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I fell into it, and. You had to be grandfathered, and at the time there were gaggles. I was missing the gaggles. I'd come one time, but I'd miss the gaggles, you know. You ha- it's, it's a crazy rhythm that you just have to know. Even with the new administration, there's a crazy rhythm. So I don't know.
0: So I just started a couple months ago. What advice do you have for me?
2: Keep your head down and just keep reporting and listen. The air talks, the wind breathes and, and speaks.
1: That's very kung fuish. <laughs> no, but it's
2: real. If you 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 oh, if you just stop and just listen, you can walk and you'll hear people talking. You'll hear things that you might not normally hear, and people are willing to talk to you. And um, it might sound kung fuish, but it works. It's been part of the, I guess, uh, part of the the rise of April Ryan. Just listening. I know I talk a lot, <laughs> but I, I can listen too.
1: I've been doing a lot of listening. I was sort of curious, you know, I haven't been in the White House since, you know, W. W. That's last not term. true. I saw you come in there recently. Well, I mean, on a day-to-day basis. Okay. <laughs> but is, is that press corps more diverse or less diverse now? Less.
2: It's less, much less diverse since we were there. It's gone down. And I think it was so diverse because people are saying, oh, and he embraced it. He was the first black president. But then you had the first skin-hued black president. Oh, it was uh a crush of black reporters going in, but it whittled down. George W. Bush, it whittled down. It's really at bare bones right now when I say African-American reporters.
0: Who's responsible for that? Is that the president? Is that lack of interest? No, I think what it is is
2: that the higher-ups at these news organizations understand that, that the president is not going to necessarily just throw things at black reporters all the time. He has a core group that he wants to deal with, these young, conservative, mostly
1: white reporters. What about these new crews? Because some I don't these, have a problem with them. Well, some represent organizations that some view as is, is right-wing. I mean, we had a big deal on Capitol Hill. The Breitbart could not get credentialed in the Senate press gallery because they couldn't prove that they were an independent, freestanding organization. But they're welcome at the White House.
2: All right. Let me say this. I am not into policing reporters, but we've had some incidents at the White House. But see, here's the thing. Once we start policing, we're doing exactly what we don't want the government to do to us. So it's a fine. I I hear you. It's a fine line. I mean, it's it's a fine line we're walking right now. And it's changed. The dynamic has definitely changed yesterday. I was like, what? What is this? What? Who are you? Huh? And I was told, be quiet, be quiet. <laughs> don't say a word. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I keep my head down and I focus here. But yet I'm wrong for just asking. So I just said, OK, let me
1: zip it. Well, because you've asked, you've been part of the story. I mean, the asking of the president for you to to contact the Black Caucus and arrange a meeting. Um you know, there have been reports that uh, that you and Omarosa have traded traded words. Are you comfortable in that spotlight? You become part of the story.
2: No, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not. I've been doing the same thing for 20 years. But why now? I don't want this to define me. This is not my defining moment. And when people ask me, I can't believe that you kept your cool those times. What was I supposed to do? You see it coming because... Robert Gibbs gave me the understanding of what happened. You know, he apologized to me in the MSNBC studio. Obama's
1: press secretary. Yeah.
2: From what he did a couple of years ago in the Salahis, very early on in the administration, he said, I had to try to make you look crazy because I had to be loyal to someone. With Robert Gibbs, I asked a question about security and, and the inability of a staffer to do their job. It could have been a totally different scenario. They changed how they... Uh, engage the public and allowing them to come in because of that snafu. That does not define me. Asking me to get the CBC together does not define me. You know, at the end of the day, we move on. At the end of the day, we move on. It's not about me. It's about the story.
1: So do you think you've been treated differently since?
2: He doesn't call on me sometimes,
1: <laughs> but... Uh, a couple quick questions. We mm-hmm. do a lightning round. Uh, Uh-oh. That, that stuff gets you in trouble. <laughs> that gets you in trouble. Well, well, let's find out how much trouble you can get into. <laughs> First question, why does it matter that you as an African-American woman are in that press room asking questions?
2: It's important because, again, we all come to the table to ask questions, but we see it from all different vantage points. And something that you may ask that I might see something that's a little bit different that can give a little bit more color or context in my questions. So I believe that room should be very diverse. It should reflect America, but it does not.
0: Second question, how do you think... Oh, tag team, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you think Donald Trump will might surprise us?
2: I have no clue, I think he's surprising himself. I was shocked when I heard him say this was harder than what he thought it was. Um, And he's changed the rhetoric. He's toned down a lot. Um, He's doing things he said he wouldn't do. I mean, it's interesting. I am watching this against-the-grain president who is coming in, I'm going to change everything, actually change himself. And we haven't seen the the full evolution yet. We're just starting to see the beginning. It's shaping, particularly on national security issues. Yeah, he may have gaffes here, and there, real big gaffes. But we're still seeing the evolution of this president. So I'm not shocked What do you think success looks like for black America under Trump? First class citizenship. Equal opportunity. That's with any president. But even though we have laws, after you have laws, it's beyond laws. It's about how the mind and the heart line up. And right now there's division. And you can't see clearly to say there's equality or not equality if you're filled with hate. I believe that if he were to go out and say some things to to stop the rhetoric, there could be a change. There could be a beginning of change. But right now the division is still is still there. It's still very deep. That's just my opinion.
1: Well, you've got a briefing to go to. I sure do. And, we, and th- you don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> April, thanks so much for joining us. We Thank really appreciate you, you coming.
2: I appreciate being here. You made me go down memory lane with Mr. Douglas. He told me some things that I didn't know.
1: April's feisty. I mean, April is just, she brings sort of a, a, a Baltimore energy to that newsroom. She's somebody that comes in there. She makes her presence known. She makes her presence felt. She's not afraid to ask hard questions. And even more important, she's not afraid to ask questions when it comes to issues of race
0: or ethnicity. And we're lucky that she's asking those questions because it's clear she's not gonna stop anytime soon. And I think that's why it was perfect to have her as our final guest on the first season.
1: Thanks to producer Jordan Marie Smith and executive producer Davin Coburn. Find more of Majority Minority on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and tune in for you Amazon Alexa users. And we'll be back soon with more Majority Minority.